So Niger Jollof is better than all the other Jollofs. However, Ghana Airport see, is way better than Nigeria Airport. Uh, I want to get see, that in. This is, I'm trying to give you something. You see, I, I you we, were trying to we 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 have to TV, touch. We're already gonna. I we were, were already gonna have this section where we compliment on that, but you had to bring that in. I'm sorry. Why do you? And and, and by the way, it's always Nigerians. It's always you Niger people that I'm always sorry. start this. Always. Welcome, everyone, to African Time, the podcast, and I am your host, Quincy Fully. Please link, subscribe, share, and if you don't, then I'll just assume you don't like nice things. Today, we have a special guest in the building. He is a co-owner of a longtime Brooklyn staple for good drinks and even better vibes, Bedvine, and their affiliates. He is a savvy entrepreneur, keeping Bedvine open despite the perils of COVID and gentrification. He is also a proud Niger man, and we will get into all those things and more. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope y'all do too. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Rotimi. So but yeah, this is this is business. Let's get started. This is how it's the always business. Yes, this is how Niger. This is business. how Niger people work. And this look, we're gonna come to this section soon, <laughs> but that's part of what I love about Nigerians. But anyway, like I said, we're gonna come to this that section soon. We're gonna just dive right into it because yes, I've we've we've already done the the intros, but once again, for people uh, listening, this here is Rotimi, um, a savvy entrepreneur. I love that savvy. It, <laughs> I read you know that, you savvy, like, savvy, savvy, savvy. I was like, being uh-huh. Nigerian, that can go any way. People yeah. can take that anyway. Savvy, uh, see, yeah. You see, the, I'm, <laughs> and you know, on my on the side, I do my writing things. So the, the wordplay, savvy, savvy. Yeah, the, that's the, the wordplay. I like it. And um, and I, we're gonna just because I am the opposite of you. Uh-oh. I think, or actually, maybe, maybe not. You know, and this people is what I'm we just met. Out. Yes. A few minutes ago. Yes. But we spoke on the phone we a did. couple of times. We so did. And I you, let you go. And you were very, you know, very professional. You made sure to ask the questions. And, you know, you were, you had it on the Google calendar. You're like, it's 1230. <laughs> and I messed here. up. <laughs> and then I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, this guy. Where he uh, did? <laughs> anyway, you were saying you're not like me. Yes. And I interrupted. I'm going to try not to interrupt too much. No, no, that's, that's fine. Um, but I think... I always have a lot of um, admiration for entrepreneurs, for people that are able to look at different situations and make and make an opportunity come out of them. And specifically, what I'm talking about is Bedvine, a place that I've been to many times. Thank you. That I've maybe uh, stumbled out of, maybe more than a couple times. Thank you. You know, with some drink in hand or maybe even a lady drink you know? drink responsibly yes. everyone oh it's very interesting that you said maybe a lady you yes. know how many dudes come up to me and say thank you wrote to me bed vine has been good to me yes you said you said i was up. like what's going on out yeah. here interestingly enough how is this interview gonna go i feel like i'm interrupting when stuff happens it jogs my memory no when you said maybe a lady yes. we've had six proposals at bed vine brew because when people meet their uh, future wife in that space, they want to propose yeah. in that space. So we've had about six proposals 
in the same place where they met their young lady now wife. So I love that about Bedvine Brew. But look at I'm this guy. Try. You said about walking over with a woman or two or three, <laughs> and that came to mind. So, I will try to focus so we could do this. Ruti Miso, you're a savvy entrepreneur. You're a businessman, and you're a matchmaker? That's what you're telling us now? Uh, you know what? I don't fashion myself to be a matchmaker, but apparently if, we've if, made if, many if, matches. If that's what I'm going yes. to call you, then that you'll take that label? So basically, okay. ladies, if you want a man, come to Bedvine Brew. <laughs> Bedvine Brew. We got you. Um, and you know, let's, and uh, where, what's the address? Where's that at? So Bedvine Wine is located at 385 mm-hmm. Tompkins Avenue. Beautiful Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. Bedvine Brew is located at 370 Tompkins Avenue. And Bedvine Cocktail is located at 305 Halsey Street, all in Bedford-Stuyvesant, Brooklyn. Um, And just what are the differences with these different places? So the interesting thing is my mom still does not like that I own liquor businesses. Ah. Nigerian, Christian woman. She said, you should close every Sunday, like Chick-fil-A. I'm like, Chick-fil-A? <laughs> the racist ass. Yes. Anti-LGBTQ, whatever. Well done. Um, so so we get into that. But she's like, you should close on the Sabbath. Like, okay. So that's my mom. She yes. does not like. So I got into the business, um, happenstance. Um, I used to rent a property that my brother and I own, 370 Tompkins, and I got into a couple of tenants, commercial tenants, who didn't pay their rent. And so it's a whole process in New York to kick people, to evict people. So went through that twice, and I was like, I'm never going to rent to someone again. It's too much money, attorney. Um, it's just too much. So we had the spaces, so now what are we going to do? We were going to do a restaurant. We did our research. I'm like, we don't know anything about restaurants. We're going to be closed in three months. And then I said, a dry cleaners. And then we did the research. I'm like, we don't have the plants. We'll be depending on someone else. Did a whole research uh, with a gentleman that owns uh, Happy Cleaners. Um, then we're like, we can't do that. And then one day, Michael, who one of my, we have four owners, Michael, myself, my brother, Ayo, and Pete. So Michael comes to me through Craigslist to rent an apartment. I had another property in Bed-Stuy. And I was like, wow, I haven't seen Michael in years. We used to work at Sanofi um, Pharmaceuticals. And so we reconnected like that. I'm like, what are you up to? It's like, oh, I own a wine shop in um, Flatbush. I was like, I, was, I have a space. It's only 250 square feet, but I want to do a wine shop, but I know nothing. It's like, perfect. Let's go look at the space. I'm like, oh, it's very small. Michael's like, I love it. I love it. We could do it. I'm like, you sure? So... I would go to 65 Fen, 65 Fen was his wine shop on Fenimore and Flatbush. And I would just go there for like four months after my day job and just observe and sit there to see if I really wanted to do the business. And then after four months, I was like, you know what? I'm ready. Let's do it. And started Bedvine Wine. That's the retail one. And then people used to come to Bedvine Wine and stay all day. Small 250 square foot space. They were like, What are you going to do next door? You should open a bar. I'm like, I will never open a bar. It's not my thing. And then we opened it. And from day one, Bedvine Brew has been special. So, what aha moment led you? Because at first you said, Oh, I don't want to open a bar. So, what's the moments or what's the thinking that led you so, to opening Bedvine? And- it's a great yeah. question, but 
the marketplace always dictates. Like, never open a business that the marketplace is not asking for. Um, the marketplace, people kept coming to the wine shop and saying, why don't you open a bar next door? The neighborhood needs places to stay. I think it was wine therapy and maybe a couple of other bars in Bed-Stuy at that point. 2011, 2010, there weren't a bunch of bars in Bed-Stuy. Fast forward now, I don't know, 10, 15 of them. So people literally said, we want a place where we can hang out, talk to each other, a neighborhood spot. And people call Bedvine Brew like their chairs. A lot of women I speak to, their first date online, they bring guys there because they don't know the man. So they want to be in a place where if anything goes down, I got my people, they're going to beat his ass. So a lot of women bring their first date to Bedvine Brew. Um, so it was the, the market dictated. And, you know, being a Christian, an African man, I struggle with being a Christian because mm. we know the history. Yes, sir. But I don't believe in a white Jesus, but I believe in God. And, and so that, and growing up with Nigerian parents, very disciplinarian, you know, you're Ghanaian. Mm. If you got a tattoo, you're going to hell. If you had sex, you're going to hell. If you smoke, you're going to hell. Uh, if you drink, you the, you, anything, yes, anything yeah. that's good, yes. you're going to hell. <laughs> going to hell for it. So yeah. I grew up like that, not drinking, not partying. And that's just, so the, the idea of opening a bar to me was foreign, yeah. period. So, so that's why I didn't think I would open. But the neighborhood kept saying, we need spaces. And at that point, there were no spaces in Bed-Stuy where people can just do what we do at Brew now. And there so, was a demand for it. You know, I don't want people, people come to me for advice about business and you got to be realistic about certain things. You can't expand too quickly. Brew had a magic from day one. Wine had a magic from day one. And in your head, what, I mean, is there anything you can point to that was the reason for that? I, I think it was location. It's way more residential. That Brew Corner is very special. Like Tompkins and Putnam, it's just a special place, that corner. Um, now we call it Black Girl Magic Way. So interesting story. I was going to call it Little Lagos. Oh, okay. I was born in Lagos, Nigeria. Ayo has, not Ayo, my brother, another Ayo. He has uh, Brooklyn Kettle, the coffee shop. Peace and Riot. Black, a Nigerian woman owned, Bedvine, Nigerian. And there was another thing that was Nigerian owned. And I was like, we're going to call it Little Lagos. And then the black American women put a kibosh in that one. Okay. They were like, we have about 20 black women owned businesses. We're going to call it Black Girl Magic Way. So Tompkins Fantastic. is unofficially, one day we're going to do an official renaming. We call it Black Girl Magic Way. I don't know any other stretch in New York that has that many black women on businesses and they're successful it's work uh life wellness is there brown butter she started with brown butter the coffee shop now she has a creamery now she's about to open a bakery haitian sister and this is on tompkins this is on tompkins between gates to halsey there are 20 black women owned businesses that's really beautiful yeah so come support the black women businesses on tompkins um, just a bunch of them. I don't know anywhere else you see that. Make Manifest is out there. I'm trying to remember all the names of the businesses uh, black women own over there. Peace and Riot, like I said. Um, they'll come to me. That's, so, yeah. I See, I didn't know that be- before, and that's actually really beautiful that there are spaces, and I think what, that's what makes New York and maybe specifically Brooklyn such a beautiful and 
wonderful place out there is this stretch. Yep. Like a mini Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Right? Okay, yeah. Black you know, Wall that's Street. a kind of a um, thing I'm thinking. So that's why I'm proud of Tompkins and all those black women-owned businesses because they are engaging. They're not running away. You got 20 black women-owned businesses on Tompkins. Go support them mm-hmm. so that they can stay in business. Mm-hmm. So I also wish that there were more um, people within government or within um, these within the city that that codified and protected yep. make these it businesses and make those places like and that. Make the resident. There was a great article in the New York Times years ago. Um, it talked about black children growing up in Bed Stuy and Crown Heights and Clinton Hill and Fort Greene, going to college, graduating and coming back, and they can't find, they cannot afford a place in their neighborhood that they grew up in. So there's a lot of things that's ugly about gentrification. I just tend to look at the positives in every situation. Like you cannot be a successful entrepreneur without being optimistic. Mm. Otherwise, you might as well close. To me, that's critical. So, so okay, I, I, I like how we're dealing with what's going on in the present. But if you will indulge me, uh-huh. I just want to take it back. Take it just back. Just a little. Just you know. Just we didn't do even a answer bit any of the questions because. This is the Black Stars and Niger coming together, you yes. know? And uh, I want to just get a little history from you, as in where you're from. Okay. And what led you coming to the U.S. and NYC specifically? Like, how did that journey start? So as a immigrant, uh, a child of an immigrant, you pretty much go where your parents tell you to go. I was in Nigeria. I was born in Lagos. My brother and I, my mom... One day, my mom said, we're moving to New York. I'm like, I've never been on a plane. I think we're like seven How old? Uh-huh. seven years old, eight years old or something. He's two years younger than I am. I'm like, wow, I've never been on a plane. This is crazy. It's just like that. We're going to New York. Your father's in New York. A lot of times, immigrants, the father comes first, lays the foundation, and then the family comes after. Mm. So he was here for a few years, and then he was like, we're going to New York. I was just like, wow, I love Lagos. You play soccer in the street, bare feet. You eat well. You didn't know you were poor, even though you were poor, because you were playing with all the kids. So that was the beginning. We got on a f- Pan Am. I don't think Pan Am exists anymore. <laughs> That's how old my ass is. <laughs> it was Pan Am, and we flew from Lagos to New York. And JFK landed, went to Harlem. I remember landing and seeing snow for the first time. Back in the 80s, snow used to be like, 25 feet tall, and you would have 10 snowstorms in the winter. We don't have that anymore. Uh, we literally, last winter, we had like warming, two, huh? like we had like two snowfalls last winter. Yeah. It was nothing. Back in the 80s, it was 10 feet, and they didn't close the schools. We were on the bus going to school. Now, these kids are soft. So you <laughs> <laughs> closed schools were like two inches. <laughs> so you started off in, so you came to Harlem, and that's where yes, you lived. Yes, that's where we lived. Right. And then when cocaine became crack, oh. we moved to Staten Island. Okay. There was a time in the 80s where cocaine turned to crack, and you started seeing crackheads and all of that. So my dad said, we're going to Staten Island. Once again, you don't really have Nigerian household. You don't get to say, oh, I see kids nowadays just talking back, reckless. <laughs> <laughs> White kids, black kids, just reckless talking back. No, I don't want to go there, Mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's yeah. like we're going to Staten Island. We're like, yeah. all right, we're That's packing. Yeah. So interestingly enough, we go to Staten Island. We don't know how we found Staten Island because if you ask 80% of people in New York, they've never been to Staten Island. 
Staten Island was racist back then. They used to throw rocks at you, call you the N-word. I oh, got Lord. shot with a BB gun one night, standing at the bus stop with some white boys. Um, grew up, moved to Park Hill, Killer Hill Projects, Wu-Tang. Okay. So we grew up in Park Hill, Method Man, Raekwon, Capadano, all of them. RZA, all of them were in Park Hill. We played football with them. We fought with them. We hung out. The first uh, two videos, it was shot by my friend Gerald Barkley. Gerald Barkley is a Liberian kid. When Wu-Tang didn't have money, the story of Wu-Tang is like Rockefeller. It's like Jay-Z. They were self-made before the, the industry paid attention. Gerald Barkley and I, we drove around and shot uh, the first two videos. And if you look at the first two Wu-Tang videos, they went to the Stapleton Projects, they went to Park Hill Project. It was rough. What were those videos? It was, uh, was it Protect Your Neck? And it was uh, the very first two videos. Damn, I'm drawing a blank. It was... Uh, I mean, this is this I'll is come great. back to yeah, you. This, see, is, this history. is great history, but yeah. So, so Method Man, oh, Method Man, I grew up in 225 Park Hill. Method Man, still with the same wife, Method Man used to come to the building. When we would go into school, Method Man was in the lobby smoking weed already. Like the character you see, Meth, is the same thing in real life. He'd be smoking weed at 7 o'clock in the morning because he was trying to get to the girl, but mom was not having it. So when we would come back from school, Meth would still be in the lobby. And they're married now, and they've been together forever. So that's a beautiful love story. And I just remember, like, wow, this brother was not giving up because he wanted to see her. Mm-hmm. And so they've been together. So Raekwon, all of them, we, we uh, uh, Tender Love. Who sang Tender Love from Staten Island? What's that group, that R&B group? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, Damn, I middle, I ages, yeah. middle Ages. Uh, Force MDs. Okay. We grew up with Force MDs on Staten Island too. And then they blew up. So met, if you look at the uh, uh, Wu-Tang videos, all of a sudden, it became cleaner and crisp. That's when they signed to record label, and they like it was like fifteen of them. It's a bunch of Wu Tang people. Um, so yeah, so we ended up in Staten Island, and then I moved to Brooklyn in two thousand because my brother moved to Brooklyn first, and he loved Brooklyn. I was like, I am not moving to Bed Stuy, Do or Die. All you know about Brooklyn is Biggest Smalls, and I was just like, Nah, I can't. I was in Staten Island at this point. We're not in Park Hill anymore. We're in a nice little house um, I bought with my mom. We're in a nice neighborhood. So I was like, why am I going to Bed-Stuy from this nice neighborhood in, in Staten Island? So that's the journey. Lagos, Harlem, Harlem, Park Hill, Staten Island, Staten Island, um, Bed-Stuy. Park Hill, it was a lot of Ghanaians, Liberians, Nigerians in Park Hill. I don't know if you've ever been to Park Hill in Staten Island. No, I haven't. You should go. I've been to, I've been to Staten Island once. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm going to go again just because you of what, what you're talking about. You've been about. to Staten Island? There's a big community of Liberians, Ghanaians, Nigerians in Staten Island. And what they would do when they got here, and this is another thing, the beef between black Americans and Africans, when the, black, when the Africans come, oh, I'm about to get in trouble. Maybe I should not say anything. Go ahead. But when black, when Africans would come here, they will pool their resources and they'll be out of the project in like five years or so. And so, okay. I know there's systemic things. Okay, that right. Keep yeah, black that's, people that's in what, there. yeah, right. That's what I, but, because, you know, I must say, yes, I hear this talk about, oh, you know, we've got to, but I guess all I'm going to say is that black, African Americans, black people in America, whatever you want to call it, have 
really forever their time being here done their best right they, to they've done a lot of to things. get their to, yeah. to 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 prosper yes right? but at every point and we just mentioned black wall street yeah and we know what happened there they right? burnt it down they yeah. burnt it down yeah. right and and you know and i know we're saying they were saying white people just to be specific yeah white people burned that down uh i mean and i even read something about like uh you know, a lot of places used to be free. Like, college used to be free. City College was free. Right. And back to the African-American thing, because, you know, people jump on IG and talk crazy. Yes. Very clearly, black Americans paved the roads. Make sure this is on the thing. I don't want any problems. (laughs) Black Americans paved the roads for all the other black immigrants that come to this country. There we go. It's like they took the... They took... You saved me. Thank you. (laughs) Shout out to Quasi. No, but yeah, it's important to put things in context. I don't... People chop things up online and then you get beat up. Black Americans paved the road for all the black people that came to this country. Right? But black Americans also suffer from oppression and of systemic course. things yes. that keeps them from doing certain things. Yes. Like you said, black Americans have fought through all of that and created a bunch of big things. I hip-hop, mean, music, right? hip hop. If we're talking about medicine, the 50 years, yeah. In med- like we've done a bunch of stuff. Yes. I think what happens when Africans come here is we're not burdened by that thing that white people placed on us, even though we are in Africa. Because they colonized yeah, Africa. They yeah. But for some reason, when we come here, we're a little more emboldened. Like, I feel like we're just like, we're here, opportunities here, we're getting it. Because the oppression of black people is real. You wake up in the morning. When we, we've grown up in Staten Island, I would go into Macy's at the mall. They were following you. Because they don't, they don't distinguish between African and African American. Of course. That's right. one thing we have to understand. They don't distinguish, they just treat all of you the same. So, I feel like I opened a can of worms, but all black people, I love us. I want us to just, uh, you know, what did Issa Rae said? I'm rooting for everybody black. Yes, I'm, ru- yes yeah. I'm rooting for everybody uh, black. And I, I, growing up, there was definitely friction, re- friction, right? Yeah. Between, I mean, even when I go into college, there was African Student yep. Association and then there was black student union we need to talk right? about it and there's always that that those issues but of course again the people that really fan the flames of those issues between yep. us are white people exactly and you can see it in other facets even with in acting when um i think there was with get out when daniel kaluuya mm. played the part and then samuel l jackson was saying something about oh well you know those black brits when they come over here they take the it's, you know that kind of thing it's divide and conquer yeah. when we came here from nigeria Black American kids would call us monkey, call us all types of names. Yeah. You know why? Because they were watching Tarzan and they, were, they had this image of Africa yes. and they put that image on us when we came. And conversely, we came from Africa and we had images of black Americans when yes. we got here. So that whole thing was set up not from African Americans, not from Africans. It was set up, like you said, yes. by some other people. Yeah. So then on the, on the granular level, we're like fighting each other. Like, Park Hill, it was Puerto Ricans, Africans, Black Americans. All poor, but we're fighting mm. because there's a system that makes us not like each other or fight each other. You know, just going from there then, you know, at Bedvine, you've probably seen the changes because you guys have a DJ and, yep. you know, you have parties there and something like that. So, of course, you were there when 
when Afrobeats was probably kind of starting to swim around. Yep. And can you just talk about that, that eventual, um, you know, growth from where it started to where it is I, now with Amapiano and all this. I am just proud of all of the men and women, Whiskey, Davido, Burner Boy, Asake, all of them. You see, um, you're just naming all Nigerians now. Can huh? you name a couple we of Nigerians? We don't have any. You don't have any people. Like, we know? had this conversation on the phone. <laughs> I'm terrible. You I need know? to know my South African and we, my Ghanaian. Oh, uh, yeah. We got Sakod here. We got Bisakede. We are, we're okay. out here. I'm going to listen to some <laughs> Ghanaian uh, uh, Afrobeat. Uh, uh, do Afrobeats. they call it Afrobeat? Is so you Ghanaian see, yeah, that's what I was Nigerian saying. Nigerian thing, Afrobeat. And I, some music people have told me that Fela. Yes, Fela Kuti. Fela, Shout out to he, Fela Kuti. Exactly. He developed Afrobeat. Yes. Right? Where yes. just one T. Yes. But then... This newer iteration of it that started maybe in the late and early 2000s or late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, exactly. Then Uh, it became Afrobeats. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. that. So that's the difference. And then there's Afro, there's a third thing that they say. Well, Burner Boy has his Afrofusion. Yes, I've heard Afrofusion. He talks about it at pizza with, you know, different different things. He got in trouble. That's one of these guys. Yeah. Burner Boy says something controversial recently that got him in trouble. But anyway, right now, America did not love Africans. Ghanaian, Liberia, when we first were coming in the 80s, they did not love us. Now everybody wants to be. African. Everybody wants to go back to Ghana, Year of the Return. Yes. Shout out to Ghana for pulling off Year of the Return. Nigeria could have never done that. People <laughs> what? Would have you been, know what? McMills would have been kidnapped. <laughs> Rick Ross would have been kidnapped. Oh, wow. Yes, but Ghana, yes. fantastic job. Oh, you know what? So, Niger Jollof is better than all the other Jollofs. However, Ghana Airport see, is way better than Nigeria Airport. Uh, I want to get see, that. In. This is, I'm trying to give you something. You see, I, I, you we, were trying to. We, we, we have to. Touch. We're already gonna. I were, I were already gonna have the section where we compliment a night, but you had to bring that in. I'm sorry. Why do you? And and, and by the way, it's always Nigerians. It's always you Nigerian people that I'm always sorry. start this. I'm always. Sorry. We're but, here minding our own business, and then you just have to bring in, oh, by the way, our jollof is better. There's Why? something about Nigeria. We have a Kanye West syndrome. Oh, we, my we're, God. We're overly self-confident. So, um, Roti means I have, a, I have a section here that is actually specifically built for you because you are my first uh, Nigerian guest. Thank you. I and appreciate it. I, <laughs> you're welcome. And uh, I, I don't know why. You know, for some reason, there seems to be some hostility, animosity, rivalry. I don't have any more words. Between that. who and who? R-Y. who of, of course, Black Star, Niger, Ghana, Nigeria. I don't know why. But there just seems to be Is some little something. or friendly? Because, you know, all the Nigerians go party in Ghana. Whiskey, when they want to party and not get robbed or kidnapped, they that's, go to that's Ghana. That's right. We heard. David Burner Boy said, hey, when I want some peace, some yes, tranquility. They, exactly. We go to our crowd. We go to Ghana. Yeah. And that's fine. Uh-huh. You know, you even tried it with the whole Jollof thing. And you know what I heard? And still, this eggs me to this day that, you know, uh, the bags, the, you know, the checkered kind of bags. You uh-huh. know? In Ghana, we call them Ghana to go. Okay. But according to my Nigerian friend, he was like, oh, that's a Ghana must go back. I said, what? Ghana must go back. Ghana must, where we go? Where we, where must wow. we go? It's a Ghana to go. Nah. Not I, a Ghana must go. That's ridiculous. You see the disrespect, but it's fine. It's, I think it's you know? love. I think it's love. It's love? Think it's, yeah. I think it's like when my brother and I growing up, we used to fight because yeah. we shared, shared the same bedroom our entire 
elementary to high school. Same bedroom, same clothes, and we used to fight. Yeah. But I think it's kind of so that. it's out of love. Yeah, I think so. It's love. That's I fine. I think it's real. So I, you know, and I just, you know, I'm a lover and I'm not a fighter, and exactly. I believe that Me too. too. Yeah. So I think for the so I thought for this section of the program we could just a Ghanaian and Nigerian we could just say some nice things about each other. So I'm gonna say. Three nice things. I've already said something nice about Ghana. Or two things. But oh, okay, right. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. And you can repeat those. But yes. there, there are just going to be some three nice, simple things. Okay. And then, you know, um, and then whatever you can think of, okay. that would be nice too. Because I want to start, I want to be the one that wanna, brings yes. Ghana and Nigeria together. Two great, do, beautiful countries. We should do who? We should With do one. a 2024 version of We Are the World. With Ghanaian <laughs> artists and Nigerian, and Nigerian artists. artists. You see? That's and beautiful. And some Senegalese and Liberians in there too. So, I'm sorry. Number no, that's that's actually a great, that's a great idea. So yeah, Whiskid, uh, Berna, Bisakede, Shatawale. Yes. You guys are listening. We will. We love that. Tiwa, the world. So oh, Tiwa Savage, I love her. There we go. So number one, Suya. I love Suya. It's yes. flavorful, and when it's done right, mm. it is one of the best. F- just food in general. In fact, sometimes I can just, sometimes I don't even need yeah. jollof. I don't need, I don't need anything else. Just give suya. me suya powder. That's Shout it. Shout out to Brooklyn Suya, uh-huh. Buka, Marachi. Yes. Yes. Get See? The suya from there. That's love. Um, so I'm supposed to say something nice now? There you go. I, your, your airport, there was a Nigerian guy at the, at the airport uh-huh. and he was filming on IG how beautiful your airport was. And he was just trashing our main airport in Lagos. <laughs> so I've never been to your airport, but what he was showing, he was like, how come Nigeria doesn't have this? Blah, blah, blah. So your airport, shout out to your airport. I, I see. I love day. that. Okay. Yeah. See that? Yeah. That's 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 us it. building. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Number two. And I have this written down, by the way. And so you y'all can see that I'm not I'm not lying about when I say this, okay? And all the Nigerians are gonna say, obviously, but I will not say that. Yeah, but <laughs> The Nigerians I know are go-getters. Yes, sir. Ambitious. Yes, sir. And move with purpose. Yes, sir. That's real. That is, I think it's in the water or something. It's, oh, you know what? Maybe. Your parents expect nothing less. Like growing up, it's either doctor, lawyer, or engineer. Of course. Up until this day, my mom is still kind of like, oh, you're useless. <laughs> you didn't become a doctor. I'm just like... I was like, "Wow, that's disrespectful." I mean, you you have a you're you work in a hospital, right? No, I told her that so, I work with doctors every day. Yeah, so yeah, you so, know that's that's close. Um, Ghanaian women, oh, Ghanaian women are some of the most beautiful women. Like the skin color, Charlie, the, the personality, continue the curves, of course, the brilliance. Yes. So I have to say, I'm not saying anything else about any other women in the world. I'm just saying Ghanaian women are very, I have some, I don't want to blow them up and say their name, but intellectually, business-wise, beauty, skin, yeah. So Beautiful. shout out to all the Ghanaian women. There we there. go. You, hear, you heard this first from my Nijak guy. And last, last, last but not least, and, you know, number three, I told you, uh, Bukayo Saka, he plays on Arsenal. Okay. He's an Arsenal player. He's, and that's my favorite team, and he's he's the best player. He's Nigerian. You're British oh, wow. Nigerian. Hmm. Great player. I think the last thing I'm going to say, because I am so impressed by Year of the Return, 
I'm impressed that the president is encouraging people to come and be citizens. I think the year of the return definitely would not have been pulled off in Lagos. They would have been kidnapping people, robbing people. <laughs> they would have been just like, the nonsense. It's like McMills came, but yeah, they yeah, fighting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, I, I, I love that. But I love that. Ghana, I think the 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 proactiveness of it all, like come here, we're gonna take it. We want you here. I think Ghana is going. I mean, we Nigeria has supposedly the biggest economy just because it's a hundred million people, or maybe more now. But I feel like Ghana intentionally is asking people to come, and I feel like that's going to create some great opportunities. So I love the just the like come. Come see what we, what we offer. Bring your talents here. I I love that, and I don't think Year of the Return would have gone off smoothly in Lagos. Well, people, y'all y'all heard it from here first, okay? That that was uh that was the section that was a compliment and Nigerian and a Ghanaian, um, and that was two that was a Ghanaian and Nigerian, you know, putting the swords down, putting down any yes. issues, and it's just all love. and showing love, spread love. Fia. That's the Brooklyn. Uh, uh, I Ah, uh, there we go. You're so O'Shea. Uh, <laughs> now, we have another section. Okay? Yes, I love this section. This section is called This or That. You can get with this, you can get with that. That's is that right. you got it? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, maybe, no, okay. you know. <laughs> I like to think I'm original, but yeah, you know what? That no, kind of no, works. No, no, you are. You yeah, are. you know. <laughs> that just comes to my brain. 50th anniversary of hip-hop. That's that just right. comes to my brain. Um, so for this game, it's very self-explanatory. You either pick this or that. Or that. Okay. Um, but more importantly, this is tough. Please tell us why. Okay. This is tough. And I, I also, I also like the fact this was in our pre, um, pre game or pre talk. Wow, see pre game. I'm already thinking alcohol. <laughs> uh, this is in our pre talk. There were two things that you didn't know about, and that's fine. I'm a wow. little bit surprised. I did, you didn't see. You didn't tell me you're going to blow my. You know spot what I mean? Up. But it, this <laughs> is okay. I, I was vulnerable. I told this man who I just met today, but I feel a kinship with Kwesi. I told him I didn't know a couple of the this or that. Did he tell me on the phone? Oh, we're not. I'm, now he's telling everybody. But yeah, it's all you right. know, tell but him. it's okay. But it's it's Because I'm love. actually ashamed that I didn't it's, know. But <laughs> it's, you tell it's love, though. Tell it's, him it's what all, I didn't know. You know? Okay. So, no. but So, we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll just let the people know what, how the game works. So, yes. for example, Fela Kuti or King Sunny Ade? It's a tough one. I took my mom to Fela on Broadway because she grew up with the family. Saniade is still doing his thing. Very distinguished man. It has to be Fela Kuti because that's like, that's like the man. That's a legend. That's a, yeah. Okay. That man, yeah, they beat him. They try to kill him. He was a man of the people. He was definitely a man of the yeah, people. Yeah, he was struggling. And a man of, uh, with many, 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 many wives. Uh, I think he had ladies. one wedding and he like was 20-something women at that <laughs> one wedding. So, yeah. He, hey, you know, so he does everything big. Yeah, you know? he does he everything can. big. Yeah. So Fela Kuti. Um, and I must say, Fela has been uh, responsible for a lot of uh, very weird conversations with white people because, of course, of them trying to you know, be nice and like, so they hear Ghana, they're like, ah, oh, Africa, oh, oh, fella, you know, fella. I'm like, fella has, he's Nigerian, we, I don't listen to him like that. He's a good artist, but oh, relax, man. okay? <laughs> Impress me, maybe say something like Daddy Lumba or something. Oh, man. Then I'm listening, That's okay? That's funny. Uh, I can't blame them. <laughs> they all think we're the same, yeah. literally. Charlie, don't even get me started. Um, Eba or Amala? 
Eba or Amala. Wow, that's a tough one. I have to say Eba because I feel like I can still get it in America more so than Amala. Mm-hmm. So Eba would be the it would be the one. Eba. That's Obe right. Gusi. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, we were yes. coming to that. Malta oh, Guinness or Fanta. So I'm not a drinker. I just started drinking a few years ago because I'm in the liquor business. That's right. Uh so well, get uh Malta get Oh, Malta. But Malta. That's Malta, what I was going to say. Oh. Malta, get Malta, Malt. Yeah, you I'm see sorry. Malt. I, my mind went to Guinness. You see, you yeah, you already looked nah, for you know that. what? <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh-huh. That see? This is this is how this it is. This is a tough one. Yes. I have to say Fanta. Uh-huh. Because growing up, uh-huh. it was more drinking Fanta as kids, more okay. so than Malta. Malta is when I became an adult, even though it's not alcohol. It's not alcohol. Right. But Fanta is, I mean, everybody. Probably in Especially, all you of know, Africa. It, oh, of course, yeah. Coke, I mean, you, you, Fanta. With the bottle, too. Sprite. You know? With yes. the bottle. With the yeah. bottle, yes. So I have to say Fanta. Fanta. Okay. Yes. Me, I, I mean, me, I take Malta any, especially when you have a good, some fufu or some yes. brown soup. Yes. You have the yes. Malta Guinness. Mm. It's, it's done. <laughs> this, is why this, is, this, this is why this or that is tough. Uh-huh. It's a tough competition. So, okay. So now we already talked about the difference between these two. Yes. Afrobeats. Yes. With or Afrobeat. S- yeah, the original just, versus the... I would just stick with the original. Oh, you know what uh, Burner Boy said recently that Please, was controversial? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. He was saying the... He said there's no good content, good serious lyrics in Afrobeat nowadays. And everybody jumped on him. And some people were like, wait, have you listened to your own stuff? <laughs> but I think this I guy. understand what he was trying to say. But he got in trouble. When you mentioned the pizza, the white dude was interviewing him. Yeah. So that's how he got in trouble. I but, mean, and I, I, you know, I know that a lot of the times when music doesn't have some political message yep. or isn't about like revolution or something yep. like that, but you can also have music just to enjoy life. It's funny you that know? you say that because a lot of people said Africans in general, people are struggling. And the musicians are getting you away from your troubles for a few minutes, a few hours. Mm. So that is revolutionary. You know mm-hmm. how they say black joy is revolutionary? Mm-hmm. Because America doesn't want us to be joyful and peaceful. So the fact that you're giving people joy alone mm-hmm. is, is important. And I think, look, I mean, and look, if we want to even just talk about Fela, and one of the reasons why he was he was so revered is because he was willing to stand up to yep. The Nigerian government and yep. talking about you know uh, what was the expensive sheets they look yep. too much you know like he was standing up against the religious class the political class the the rich that yeah. was just so they they, they so there's a there, there's a time and place for that for and, everything yeah and you know but at at the end of the day you want good music so you can still dance yeah. to music that so it has a message it's telling you about it but. You know, yeah. zombie is still, is still criticizing. But you know, Bob yeah. Marley, Bob Marley, I'm yeah. You know, yeah. you you can yeah. you can you can do both. Yeah. And but sometimes Burner, he he <laughs> seems a bit a bit of a poser, like he wants to be that revolutionary guy. Yes. But it's, it's like my guy, just be you know, be who you are. Just be who you are. That's all. <laughs> you don't have to try too hard. Um, Los Angeles or London? I love London. Um. Los Angeles. I feel like I never connect with people in Los Angeles because everyone drives everywhere. So I feel like you don't connect. 
you know, London is like New York, a smaller New York. You connect with people. I mean, if you want to speak of a little Lagos. I mean, the times I've been there, I've been to like, London. Oh, God, yeah. another Tolu, another uh, Ola, another my, guy. My last trip to London, I went to uh, Brixton. Mm. And I met a Nigerian woman who had a restaurant on the street, on the market. And she had a whole interesting story that she told me. So I love London. I love black people with British accent. <laughs> Even though they colonized us, but I always love black. Not people. the black people, just the the the. Oh no, the, 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 the British. The British, that yes, the white, yes, yeah. But yeah. I love black people with foreign accent. I okay. think there's something powerful and sexy about that. It's kind of like, I don't know. There's yeah. something I like about that. So black people with British accent. Um. So yeah. Hey. So. You're, you, I guess, are you much of a soccer guy? Do you like your Super uh, Eagles? Why are you doing this to huh? me? We had this conversation. See? So we had the conversation before I got on. Growing up in Lagos, played soccer every day on the street, uh-huh. no shoes on. Came to the United States, picked up basketball. That's okay. Left soccer. You left soccer. football. Okay. My brother picked up uh, American football. So I am, I'm ashamed to say I do not follow. Okay, that's fair. But what I was going to ask is about John Obi Mikel or J.J. Okocha. And yeah. if you guys have seen J.J. Okocha highlights, like he's the man. So, I, so check you, him out on you YouTube. You gave me he's, two, two homeworks yes, that I'm going to do. There you like go. That. Now, these two Burner Boy songs, you know, I think these are probably his two biggest songs. Last, Last, or Yeah. So last summer we did uh, Afropunk. Bedvine was the soul concessionaire of Afropunk last mm. summer in Brooklyn. Shout out to Afropunk. Um, it's so tough to, both of them are anthems. If I had to pick one, there we go. I would say this last, that. last. Last, last, why? Uh, it's. Because <laughs> everybody go try break fast, huh? <laughs> There's just something about that. Yes. I love, yeah, you know, yeah, big, yeah. There's something about last, last that gets you the energy. The energy. Like, yeah. So last, last. That's a tough one. Okay. What, what, what was it for you? Um, you know, I think, yeah. Hmm. I like last, last too. I do like last, last. I can't, I can't. And then just, you know, and even the lyrics and, of course, you know, yeah. the pigeon. And, and of course, again, people are coming up like, hey, so last, last. <laughs> you know about last, last. <laughs> I'm like, once again, <laughs> I'm not Nigerian. <laughs> I'm not from Pohakot <laughs> or anything <laughs> like that. Okay? Oh, man. But That's I do funny. like the song. Um, suya or goat meat? Ah, goat meat. I feel like I, suya is a struggle sometimes if it's not tender. Uh-huh. I don't like to fight with the meat I'm eating. <laughs> and the suya could be tough sometimes. This guy's like, I don't like to fight with the no, meat. No, I like tender, like goat meat in any kind of stew. I like that. Okay. So goat meat. Well, um, before we go, why don't you let people know um, how they can follow Bedvine oh, on social media thank and you. also where, where it is in Brooklyn once again. So thank you. Uh, we're on Instagram. At Bedvine, B-E-D-V-Y-N-E, Bedvine Brew, at B-E-D-V-Y-N-E-B-R-E-W, and uh, Bedvine Cocktail, we're in the process of selling it, so uh, we're going to leave that alone, because by the time this plays, it might be sold. <laughs> it might be good. But shout out to Ivan and Irene, who are taking over that business. They're going to do great. Um, so where Facebook, it's Bedvine Wine. 
and Bedvine Brew on Facebook. Bedvine Wine is located at 385 Tompkins Avenue at the corner of Putnam. Bedvine Brew is located at 370 Tompkins, corner of Putnam. Um, every Sunday until the first Sunday in October, we do open streets. So 10 blocks are closed from Halsey to Gates. And beautiful black people, white people, kids, Everybody just get to be in the street there. and enjoy. So I love seeing that. Um, that's really... Oh, we have an app. Um, we also have a website. Uh, we deliver all over the country. We do events. So from little tastings to huge events, we can staff it. I love that. Thank you so much, Rotimi, for being here. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for Knowing more me. about you, about Bedvine and everything like that. Please, people, make sure to follow him on those socials. Go and check it out. Go have a drink. Go vibe. Yes. Um, it's a really great place. And um, again, thank you for thank coming you. here. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to African Time, the podcast. I want to give a big shout out to TK Dutest for editorial support, Josh Wilcox at Brooklyn Podcasting Studio, and The Gap BK, Mariah Johnson, for additional support with this podcast. Peace and love to y'all, everyone.